And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck is Trump? Head to dead. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me a Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Jalen and Jacoby. In for Jalen Rose, we have the return of Chanae Akumake. Welcome back to the show, Shanae. That just triggered a whole return of the Mac. <laughs> we have the return of the Nay of the Nay. <laughs> okay, here's where I want to start with you. Sparks won eight of the last ten. Lego tearing up the league. What it do, baby? First place in the Western Conference. What it do, baby? What it do, baby? How does it feel baby? to be on top? How's it feel to be on top? Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. So we are finally getting healthy. We played almost half the season with around, like, on average eight players. Uh, Candace mm. Parker had been out for a while. Yep. I was out myself because I had a tooth pulled. That's a story for another day. We had a suspension. We had our defensive stopper out for a long time. So, finally, we are healthy, and our identity is defense, and that's so much fun. Um, I didn't realize how much people really hate L.A. until I got on an L.A. team. Because everywhere we go, it's BLA, BLA, and we get everyone's A game. And I think that having yep. those adversities in the beginning of the season are paying off because we're, we're emerging tough. We're emerging stronger than ever. So, yes, I'm happy because we are winning. We've been getting them dubs. Knock on wood. You have. But I see, I like to keep expectations as low as possible in all aspects of life. And I feel like there's something about being a number one seed that raises expectations. Like, wouldn't you rather... I'm being serious. Wouldn't you rather like be like a two seed or a three seed? <laughs> well, technically we are because in the West we're number one right now, but I think there's probably one or two teams like we're first or, or second or third in the standings. So we still have a chip on our shoulder. I think a lot of teams are looking elsewhere, probably Vegas or yep. even Connecticut for like, okay, number one, Washington for sure. So we still have a chip on our shoulder. But regardless, we're the type of team that is, I think, you know, so deep that we feel like we have a good chance to win every game that we are in. So why'd you get the tooth pulled? Oh, see, what had happened was I was playing against <laughs> Atlanta and I was running back on defense and we were, I was in a foot race with another player and she like sort of ran into my, her, took her shoulder and ran into my mouth, like my jawline. And so it cracked under my tooth. And so it just caused some problems and they had to pull the tooth. And I was out two games for that, which is like, everyone's like, are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, man, I was trying to thug it out and go out there and play. (laughs) But if I got hit, it would have been like, I would have seen clouds. I would have seen stars. It would have been bad. And my face was swollen. Everyone was going like, Chanae, you have three grapes in your face. Oh, it's down to one and a half grapes. Okay, no no swelling anymore. Did you consider replacing it with a gold tooth? <laughs> Never, no. <laughs> oh come on, where was it? Oh, it's 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 in my jawline. So like it's oh, so it's. it's like, they, yeah, I think it's they call it nineteen. So it's in the back. So I'm all right. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, shout out to Doctor Daniel Nason for getting me in. You know, real last minute. So I, I'm good now. 
If I got like one that was just kind of showed a little bit, I would consider a gold tooth. I consider it. I would just have to consider it. If it was just like kind of like not my front teeth, but kind of in the back a little bit, I would consider it. The only thing I would possibly do is that like, is it Gucci? That I don't know which rapper just recently changed from like their grill to like the the bling inserts. So like it's a little diamond bling circle on your tooth. Oh, it was baby. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, baby. So I, I maybe would do that, you know, uh, pierce my tooth. I couldn't. Every time I talk to somebody that's wearing a grill, I'm like, I can barely make out what you're saying. Like, sure, you uh, uh, look cool, uh, we, no. but you cannot communicate. Listen, no. we will take no grill slander. Oh, I will. What do I, I say every Houston. time? 2813 <laughs> Nah, no grill slander. I know you're from Houston, but I cannot make Wait, out what you Wait, can we go back to when, when you really, like, lost your street cred? Because all I did was go, who? And you're like, I'm Jalen. Or, I'm David. Or, I'm... Was that supposed to say Mike Jones? Yes! Okay. I was trying to bring some kind of response out of you, and you dropped the ball. Listen, I've got a lot of I got a lot of responsibility in this program. A lot of time, I'm not even listening to what you're saying. I'm just trying to prepare <laughs> the next thing that I'm saying. Nope. You know what I mean? So I could easily be cut out on this show. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm All gonna right. get you back though. What a great day to have you because things got testy in the WNBA over the weekend. The Mercury and the Wings were in a tight game, and when Brittany Griner and Anigwe got tied up, going for a rebound, and here is what happened next. Keep an eye under the hoop there. Bumping a Ooh. little bit. And then we got to open oh, a little punch, a little t- back, turn back, and then grind against aggressive. Anigwe's out. Anigwe's out of there. <laughs> Janae, what did you make of this WNBA hold me back moment? Hold me back. Catch me outside. How about that? So, this is what happens in the WNBA. For so long, a lot, everyone's been saying, us as women need to hold ourselves to a higher standard and not get physical, not have altercations. Guess what? We're pros too. We have emotions and things do happen. Now, I know both Brittany Griner and Christina Nigue very well. Brittany Griner, she doesn't really get that mad unless she's really provoked. And she takes mm-hmm. a beating night in, night out, being 6'8 and just extremely dominant at the center position. Yeah. I myself know what that's like. When I played at Phoenix, I was playing a little physical because, let's be really here she's got like six inches on me in height and then she flailed and like hit me in my head I fell to the ground and actually coach Derek Fisher had a uh, conversation with our team like y'all gonna just let that happen or you gonna have your teammates back it was like a learning moment for everyone and then with Christine I mean she didn't want that smoke she really didn't and I love Christine to death (laughs) I love Christine to death she went to Cal I was at Stanford she's my little sis Nigel little sis But there's some things you know. There's rules of engagement when it comes to hooping and playing. Everybody knows this in the streets. But, you know, when you're a rookie like Christine is, it takes some time to understand. If you are going to escalate a situation by getting physical, you need to stand your ground. Like, I know, Brittany, if you watch this right here, she cocked her arm back like she wanted to connect. Uh Now, if you do escalate, like, what are you going to do? Run away? No. You have to take take that punch. You might get knocked out. I'm you, definitely running away. I'm <laughs> definitely running away, just like Christina Nigue did. Honestly, definitely running away. I had to have a conversation with my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I know you saw this, and 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 if I was in this situation, I'm fighting. Like, oh, I'm really? fighting." It, I told my mom. My mom was like, "You better, honey. You better." <laughs> and the cool thing is, like, I got my sister there. Candace Parker's with it. We've seen the history of what happened um, with the Sparks before. Uh, I have teammates here, Ruff and Pratt, that's got my back. Elena Beard. Like, we've got people that are with the smoke. So, like, 
if you're in that situation, you just have to one man up, right? And uh, I told my mom, our whole team was like, hey, if one person gets tried, we're all in that action. Now, I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> because, you know, as a professional sports league, you don't want this, but you also have to stand your ground and protect yourself. But like when you're a rookie, you don't know the, the rules of engagement, uh, but it, it's, it's tough. You don't want fans to come and see that young girls are there at the game, but that the streets know how, how, how the rules go. Well, I'm glad you brought up sort of having your teammates back and what Coach Fisher said after that incident because one of the angles on this was Diana Taurasi's involvement. She was on the bench at the time, and then she came off the bench, and she was then ejected because of the off-the-bench rule, and she said that she would do it 100 times out of 100. You know, one of her teammates was getting punched at in the face. So what do you think about the off-the-bench rule? I kind of hate it, and do you think it should change? I think it's good to keep that role because you have to protect the sanctity of the game. If something's happening, you have to be able to control who's on the court. But if the team is really in the mix like that, shoot, everybody just might as well clear. Like it, And then what happens with the suspensions? You may not even have enough players for the next game. So, I mean, I get Diana Taurasi. That's her M.O. Um, but at the end of the day, I know we're joking about the situation. We don't want these situations to happen, but they do happen. And just because you see these things happen in the NBA doesn't mean that it can't happen in the WNBA because we're hooping and we care too. Of course. And when I went to that game to support you, you know, I was locked in on you the entire time. And you can watch it on TV, but when you're there in person, the WNBA gets really physical, especially down low. It gets really physical, you know, trying to get that post position. And I was pretty surprised at just how much pushing and pulling and what there was there. And I'm also surprised this type of thing doesn't happen more often. You're right. You're right. You know, it's funny because... Uh, they've really enhanced the freedom of movement in the NBA. I expect that transition to happen, especially with referees officiating the game in the WNBA, so that we can also get that point explosion as well, because the NBA is like, what, well, 110 we're talking about the off-the-bench rule. In the NCAA, they have now instituted what's being called the Rich Paul Rule, saying that in order to represent a student-athlete that wants to test the NBA market, there are certain requirements that you need to have, one of which is a four-year college degree, which Rich Paul does not have. Well, he wrote this in the Athletic in response to the Rich Paul rule. Quote, I actually support requiring three years of experience before representing a kid testing the market. I can even get behind passing a test. However, requiring a four-year degree accomplishes only one thing, systematically excluding those who come from a world where college is unrealistic. Shanae, what do you think about Rich Paul's response to the NCAA instituting of Rich Paul rule? He was speaking from the point of view of being hashtag more than an agent. And I do think that this rule excludes a lot of people that may not have the means to go to college um, from having entrepreneurial ideas, executions and companies and even enhancing their lives. So I'm not a fan of this rule. I see what the NCAA is doing by trying to protect the sanctity of the, the student athlete as they get a little bit more flexible with their, you know, dalliances with professionalism. But at the end of the day, you're excluding a lot of people of certain backgrounds from being able to create companies, become agents, start brands, their own brands, or enhance their friends' brands. Um, so I'm totally in alignment with Rich Paul, and I think that the NCA needs to reconsider. See, I think Rich Paul was very smart here to say this. He's like, he, I support three years of experience. We want people that know what they're doing to represent these young children. I support passing a test. Fine, that too. But the specificity, the specificity of, I'm using that word wrong, but I'm not that intelligent. Specificity? The specificity of requiring a four-year degree 
just seems a little outside the lines. And he went on to write in this article, like, what about someone who, you know, interned and worked at a place for a long time? Instead of being in a classroom, they were actually in an agency. What if someone who didn't spend that time in the classroom but actually spent it in the field of their employment seems like they're better suited to do this than someone who spent the four years in a classroom? Do you agree with that angle? Well, there are a lot of people that go to college and still, after they graduate, have confusion, don't know what they're doing, don't know what field they like to do. And then you have people that don't go to college and specialize and really hone their skills. Let's think about actors or actresses that drop out of school, right? Like they drop out of school to hone their craft and then they end up becoming movie stars. Like to eliminate the possibility of people to have this avenue to really specialize and learn brands and be suited to, you know, help an athlete that has so much going on, an athlete that you probably have already gained their trust. Like to me, that just is, is unfortunate. So yes, I understand getting, you know, a couple years of experience. That's great. But to require and mandate a degree is not cool. There are also people that go to four years of college, graduate with a degree, and still can't say specificity <laughs> when they want to on national television. Yeah. Moving on. You might be that Antonio person. Brown has only been in Raiders camp for a couple weeks, but that has not been without controversy. He hasn't been there the last few days, and we started with his foot injury, which reportedly was the result of a cryo-chamber mishap where he wasn't wearing the right footwear. And then we have this. He doesn't want to wear the new helmet. He wants to wear the old helmet, and he says he will not play in the new helmets. He's only going to play in the old helmet. The NFL requires there's 34 new helmets that they have. You have to wear the old, the new helmets. You can't wear the old helmets for player safety reasons. Do you think the foot injury, the being missing from camp, the helmet controversy, do you think all of this are red flags for a franchise that just acquired a star wide receiver? So everyone knows he already is, like, the king of hashtag doing too much. But, like, what I really care about is what... Carr said what Gruden said that his work ethic is unmatched they support how hard he's been working to assimilate to this new environment and that he's being a professional with everything he he approaches when it comes to being ready on the field now he's had a couple of setbacks it's just that because it's him talking about it because he's inclined to always talk about things we sort of look at it side sideways or with a side eye right um but like when I heard about the cryo chamber incident People don't realize that, okay, if you go in there with even the littlest or the least, you know, damp socks, that can mess up your feet. Um, People don't understand also when it comes to helmets and having a new helmet. I think Tom Brady also said that, like, hey, this is actually really affecting my vision as well. It's just that A.B. is so used to talking about things that he does not like that we've sort of um, put him in the category of always doing too much. But, you know, these are real setbacks. As long as his teammates, Coach Gruden, um, Derek Carr, are cool with how he is preparing for this upcoming NFL season, that's all I really care about. Now, the, the whole helmet incident actually reminded me of, like, working with shoe brands where, okay, you love, say, for me, like, I love wearing the Dame 5, but next year they probably want me to wear the next next Dame shoe. But yeah. my feet love the Dame 5s, but, like, they push you to wear the newest product. That's just the way the world works. You have to go through it, or you stick your boots in the ground and try to fight it, which you can. Um, but at the end of the day, there's usually resolutions that happen. It's just unfortunate that the sounding board is the most consistent sounding board that, you know, everyone knows in the NFL being Antonio Brown. Well, obviously, the helmet controversy is pretty interesting, and the NFL, you know, is, is focused on player safety. So they sort of, you know, in their own way, in a PR way, clapped back against Antonio Brown. And here's what they tweeted: "Quote: The player can practice or play in games with equipment that's not approved. The player can't, I should say. 
if he doesn't play or practice, he is in breach of his contract and doesn't get paid. NFL policy is that helmets have to be certified by NOSCAE. They don't certify equipment that's older than 10 years. I mean, okay. If you're Antonio Brown, if you're Gruden, if you're Derek Carr, if you're any someone in Antonio Brown's life, don't you just say to him, hey, man, just wear the new helmet. It's not that big a deal. I think it'll take an adjustment, and that adjustment might affect his on-field play. And, you know, when he's in this new scenario with the Raiders, like, he wants to prove his worth and his value, especially how much drama he had exiting. Um, So I get why he wants as many advantages as possible. But, yeah, I mean, just wear the helmet. That's going to be tough. Also, I'm curious, like, has that previous helmet not been certified within 10 years or you know like because if there is a flexibility or a leeway making it optional until they find a way to enhance the technology that's more comfortable for these players like hopefully there's a few workarounds but typically the nfl is not the most flexible league so sort of hard well we saw the united states women's national soccer team sort of like explode in popularity when they won the world cup and the same thing happens is a lot of times in women's sports especially the sports like gymnastics and figure skating and soccer they pop up once every four years and we really care well simone biles has been absolutely dominant she has been dominant she just won her sixth u.s gymnastics championship over the weekend and she did something that has never been done in female competition before during her floor routine she opened it with this the very first triple double that is two backflips and three 360 degree spins and she landed it pretty well what do you think about simone's dominance and her innovative move on the floor I mean, at this point, she is the Michael Jordan of gymnastics. She's revolutionized. Revo- I think that's the word that always gets stuck on. Revolutionalized? Has, is, is that a word? I, I think I came on this specificity? program. Your specificity, specificity with these words is going great. Let's just say she changed the game of gymnastics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, my first sport was actually gymnastics. I became too tall for gymnastics. The reason I knew this was because I used to do the uneven bars. And I'm like, why are these girls flipping again so high? And I can never make it over. That's because my butt would hit the ground every time and I lose my traction because my legs are so long. Um, so I understand the nuances and the commitment it takes to be great at what you do, but especially in that sport. And then on top of it, to not settle, that's what Simone Biles is doing. She never settles, changing the game in uncharted territory. And we should care about her 365, not just once every two to four yeah. years. It's true. I mean, athletes like Serena and Simone come by once a generation, and we should be celebrating them a lot more than we do. You know what? Let's give the people what they want. I remember having braces in teenager, getting them tightened, going there, having my lips all cut up. Well, guess what? Do you know that even as you get older, your teeth move? And if you want to get your teeth fixed, the last thing you want to do is go back to braces. Well, guess what? Now we have Candid, a clear alternative to braces. Candid has an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state to create a treatment plan just for you. They create a 3D preview of what your teeth will look like after the treatment are done. And then once you approve your preview, they create custom clear aligners that will be sent directly to you. There's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office all the time. Candid costs 65% less than braces as well. It looks better, it works better, and it's cheaper. For every aligner purchase, Candid also donates $25 to Smile Train, which brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. So here's what you do. To get straighter, brighter teeth in an average of just six months, learn more at candidco.com. 
dot com slash Jalen and use the code Jalen to get $75 off your candid treatment. That is candidco.com slash Jalen code Jalen get $75 off and start on your path towards straighter, brighter teeth. Shanae at 3 PM today, the jump is having a special show where they will review the release of the new NBA schedule (laughs) just to get people prepared for this big show. I have a list of what I look for. When the schedule is released. Here are my priorities. Number one, when do the Lakers play the Clippers? That's all that matters. Isn't that Number Christmas two, Day? Oh, they're going to play more than that. Number two, <laughs> will they boo him games? Kyrie in Boston. Westbrook in Oklahoma City. So on and so forth. Number three, what exactly is the Christmas Day schedule when I will be avoiding my children all day long on a holiday? <laughs> and number four, Zion, 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 Zion. What are you looking for? For the release of the new schedule for the NBA. Honestly, all of the above that you mentioned, that's a great list. Obviously, I'd like uh, to see what that the battle of LA is like fully back, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Zion is going to be fun. We're probably going to have more nationally televised games from the Pelicans than we've ever had before, ever I anticipate. Had before, yep. um, the Boo games are also very interesting because I had my own Boo game when I went back to my former team. So I know it's going to be that times a million for a lot of these players that have been on the move. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting NBA season because this is the first time we have real parody. Like, we don't know who is going to win. There's so many people, so many dynamic duos that have a shot. I know there's so many teams. It's so wide open. There's going to be so many good games because, like, we used to just look at the Warriors. Like, oh, when do the Warriors play the Rockets? And when do the Warriors play the Celtics? And now there's so many different teams that we can look at and so many different matchups. So excited for this season. But, of course... Right now I'm wrapped up in the sparks, the streaking sparks in the WNBA season. Let's get that number one seed. Come on. Next. Uh, yeah. It's the off season right now for for NBA players. So what do they do? They go travel. Just like us, they have vacation time. And James Harden and some w- other NBA players and some friends were in the Bahamas when they saw a family and some friends fishing. And they were fishing for their next meal. So what does James Harden do? Reportedly gives this family and their friends 10 thousand dollars so just to make obviously it's a great move by james it's so nice of him but to make it bigger how hard do you think it is for these you know multi-million dollar athletes that have hundred million dollar contracts to go to places and see so many people that don't have as much how hard is it for them to know when to give when not to give and how to balance that in their own mind I think this was a great move by James Harden and it wasn't anything but like from the heart. So it's hard to like go to certain places where, you know, the people might be suffering, especially in third world countries, and then also be living the life on vacation, like balancing that in your brain. Like I'm here on vacation, but then also like there's a struggle happening and James did the right thing. And this is something that I hope all professional athletes and people that do have influence and means do wherever they go. Like for instance, whenever I go back to Nigeria, I try to do the same thing, whether it's basketball camps, helping, you know, with donations to certain causes. So this was great. And I just was curious, was it cash or was it like Zelle, Venmo, cash Was it it like a card? Yeah, I don't, it seemed like he just handed them something. My bigger question is like, does he have it on him at all times? I don't know. I was, I mean, there's a lot of follow-up questions that I don't have the answers to, but but your head is in the same place mine was. I was like, was he carrying ten k? Is he riding light? around in a scooter with like forty thousand dollars cash in the yeah. Bahamas? It seems dangerous. I hope yeah. he's safe. I mean, does he Very rock fanny packs? Does he keep it in the yes. fanny, like the mani yeah. pack? You know, the crossbody. Yeah. Who, who knows? That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, that's great, but like, how's he? 
Does he always keep that cash on him? Did he go to the bank there? Did he go to the bank before the trip? Did he declare it? Did he have $10,000? I think he we'll, had it we'll on him. We'll, we'll get some, some research. We'll get some research. We'll do some follow-up <laughs> next time you're on the show. But right now we're going to move on to another international story. According to Mozart Sport, Serbian national team coach Sasha Georgievich is fired up about his team. Here's what he had to say about a potential matchup between the Serbians and Team USA. He said, quote, Let's let them play their basketball, and we will play ours. And if we meet, may God help them. Do you like Georgievich and his confidence? I love him. I love that energy. And in my experience playing basketball overseas, uh, they got that action too. You know, yep. they're confident. They believe they can win. Now, we've been hearing so many people talk about this is not the A team, the B team, the C. Like, this is Team USA. I've even seen, like, Junior. Regardless, they are talented players on the Team USA roster. I expect them to win. But mm-hmm. the thing that people don't realize is that these national teams in foreign countries have literally been playing. Their core nucleus have been playing together since they were kids. And so they have chemistry and they have really have synergy. That's what can sneak up on Team USA. It's not about talent. It's about cohesion. And that's where other countries might have an advantage. But when it comes to coaches, like if my coach said that... And we're going to compete like I would be with all that type of action. That energy is great. You need your guys to feel confident because it's almost anytime Team USA steps on the floor, it's like David versus Goliath, right? It so is. I like this. He's cool. I just love that it's not like, you know, we hope for the best or we think we've got a good chance. Yeah. May God help them. I love that so much. <laughs> and they've got the Bogdanoviches. They've got they've got Jokic. Yeah. They've got, you know, they, they've got a team, Bielitsa. Like, yeah. they've got some NBA players they can put together a good team that can go toe-to-toe Solid. with Team USA. And if things break the right way for them, maybe they could win. Solid. It is time for Soft Mover Boss. Janae, this segment needs no explanation. Are you ready? Yes. Tom Brady went on WEEI in Boston and told the Boston fans, don't worry, me selling my $39.5 million home in Boston (laughs) and only having one year left on my contract essentially is no big deal. Don't read into it at all. Saying to the fans not to read into you selling your home in the city where you play, soft move or boss move. Boss move for the player, soft move for the city. Because mm-hmm. last time I checked, being in L.A., that's my Nipsey reference right there. Kawhi Leonard bought a house. Was it in San Diego before all this free agency madness really started rolling? And guess what? He ends up leaving the Raptors. So, like, you might need to read into these situations. It is a boss move by Tom doing what he wants. But if I'm the city, I am sweating a little bit, just a little bit just because your guy might be gone soon. As someone who grew up in Massachusetts and knows tons of Patriots fans, no matter what you say, Tom, they're going to read into it. There's a reason he had to say this, because they are not just reading into it. They're reading it cover to cover and reading it twice. They have you leaving after one year. Hopefully that's not the case. Maybe you can bring in one more Super Bowl. Moving on. Big three action continues to be hot. I love the big three so much. It went down to the wire. Nate Robinson had the ball in his hands. Big Baby got switched onto him. First of all, Big Baby dove at him. And then he shoots this to win the game. Got caught in midair. Getting carried away. 
as you make a game-winning shot, soft move or boss move? Boss move all the way. These guys have a nice little funny relationship from back mm-hmm. in the day. But for the big three, it's been a very successful league. It's given a lot of NBA players that are retired purpose. You've got some recent players. You've got some uh, NBA legends in there. I love the league. Shout out to Ice Cube. Shout out to them triplets and Lisa Leslie, my big sis, who's coaching in the big three. So it's been a great time to keep basketball going along with the WNBA during the summertime. So, yes, big old boss move. It is a big boss move. And also, like, low-key, these big three's been fun this year. Last week, we had Joe Johnson hitting a four-pointer to win a game. Now we've got Nate Robinson being caught out of midair by Big Baby Davis. Two household names in basketball circles. It's been fun in the big three this year. I look forward to the championship. But moving on, Jalen Ramsey. An outspoken young man. When he was a cornerback at Florida State, he would look up opposing receivers on Instagram, find out who their girlfriends were, and then slid into their DMs before games. Sliding into opponents' girlfriends' DMs before facing them. Soft move or boss move? Boss move. If you got it like that... Shoot, whatever advantage you you can have on the field, um, in their mind, the mental game... You must be a confident type of player to slide into your opponent's DMs because you know that'll wreak havoc and unsettle your opponent. So I think that's a total boss move. But I'm, I'm single, so, you know. Here. I'm going soft like move here. It's one DMs thing to find out her name. You can find out her name and maybe bring her up during the game. But to actually slide in the DMs and to actually, like, send those messages, that could backfire on you. It if can. I found out that the person that was facing me slid into my girlfriend's DMs a couple days before, I'd be a little extra motivated on that Saturday to make sure that I would beat him. Don't you think that'd be the case? I think you that'd absolutely be the case. Now, my thing is, you must have a swag to a whole nother degree, which we have discovered while he's been in the NFL. He has mm-hmm. that type of swag, and he has the game to back it up. So I'm not surprised that this young man was doing whatever he needed possible to get wins and to get the mental edge. Now, it can definitely backfire on you, um, providing that extra motivation, but did it? Not so much. But that was a little reckless, but um, it's one of those like gambles. High risk, high reward. Has anybody ever said something to you that threw you off your game? No, because I, I operate on the lying. low, you, you know lying. what I'm saying? Are you lying? Are you lying? Are you lying? I would definitely be like, your sister's better than you. You know that, right? And I'd be like, like, your sister's better I'd be than like, you. I'd be like, oh, you know that's Fact. the truth. Like, she's been an MVP <laughs> and she's a champion. Like, you thought that was going to hurt me? Yes, I know where I stand. I know the pecking order of life. I'm a middle child, okay? I know how it is, too. Like, whenever people are like, hey, can I get a picture? I'm like, just hand me the phone. I'll take a picture of you and Jalen. I know how this works. <laughs> I, get, I get it. You okay? know. You know it. You I know, know your value. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, a man in northern India. It's his birthday. He really wanted a Jaguar. Just really, just really fixated on getting a Jaguar. Not the animal, like a Jaguar car. Okay, I was, I was, instead, I was confused for a moment. Instead, he got a BMW. So what did he do? He pushed the BMW into a river. What? Pushing a BMW into a river when you because you wanted a Jaguar, soft move or boss move? Like, I have questions what? about this. This is a soft move. First and foremost, like, could you have sold that car? Yeah. Was it a probably. gift? Like, yeah. Or are, is your it only be a boss move if you had so much capital that you could push a BMW into a river? Like, that's a boss move. Like, oh, I don't want that car. Into the river you go. But um, that's a soft move, bro. Like, I, I, I get the Jaguars. I looked into getting an E-Pace or an F-Pace, but I didn't go for it. Uh, oh, look at what you. What are you doing? Look at no. you. I mean, but, like, like the cars are cool. I like it. Uh, but I still don't understand. So this is a soft move for me. So if you are old enough to drive, Right. If you're old enough to drive, then you are old enough to 
respect the fact that someone just bought you a BMW. Like Thank someone you. bought you a BMW for your birthday. Do you know what? I don't even ask for things on my birthday anymore because I'm old. I buy myself the things that I want. Yes. Like, you're going to get so upset that someone bought you a BMW for your birthday that you're going to push it into a river? Yes. Like, that is a soft move. However... <laughs> Being able to push a car into a river is a boss move. It's a boss move. Put, if you can do that. I could not push a car into a river. <laughs> I couldn't even push a car four feet down the street. Like, whenever I see people, like, trying to push a car that ran out of gas or whatever down the street, I just keep it moving. I don't even help. That, that no, doesn't like work. But you're right. That is that a good distinction. Work. There's only two ways that that's a boss move, and it's by strength or by, like, yes. having that much capital that you're like, you know what, just throw it in the river. And also, when you see this story, I know exactly what this person is like. I know all I need to know about this person based on this, and I do not want to be around this person. And I, I don't want to be like your friend. Person. I don't want to be your I friend. I do not want to be your friend. I, you cannot win. A Kenyan assembly of lawmakers were having a discussion about the marketplace, and they were just setting down laws, and we a very serious meeting about all of this, but the meeting was stopped. The meeting was cut short. Everyone was told to disperse. Why? There's no other I way to say it. This. Because someone farted. Shutting down a meeting, making the call to shut down the meeting because <laughs> of a strong flatulent odor, soft move or boss move. Boss move. Shout out to all my Africans Shout out there. Let me tell you, you better come to a meeting and you come correct. If there's some extra nonsense happening, we are extra about it. Like if I'm sitting next to someone and they might be a little gassy, I'm like, no, 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 no. You move, sit down. We'll embarrass you. We're that type of culture. That being said, that's real petty. That's it, it is. Like, how long do you shut it down for? How important is this meeting? Like, can't y'all just sit like, it out? How bad was this? Like, and if also, this is he helping said, we all people. know who did it, but the person who supposedly did it denied it. Like, this story gets deeper than you think. Like, there's a lot of levels to this. There's some crazy YouTube videos about what happens in African assemblies. Like, brawls. I guess meetings oh, yeah. shut down to uh, flatulence. But again, um, you know, our culture, we don't play no games. No games. No. Well, I'd be lying into the microphone if I didn't say that I've shut down this show before because of flatulence. So I stand by this man who shut down this meeting. I will not provide any details. Hold up. Hold up. Shanae, NBA 2K has announced that in the new game, they're going to finally involve... WNBA teams and players, what does this mean for yourself in the league? It's great because, you know, for this rising generation of young gamers, I think this is a great way to learn about the women who hoop. Now, I know there's been a lot of controversies out there with people's scores. I think Brianna Stewart was like 95, my teammate mm -hmm. Candace Parker, 93. And people were like, oh, why would they be on the same level as the NBA players? And I think it's given the context to our leagues. So basically, in the WNBA exclusively, these are our scores. In the NBA exclusively, these are their scores. But regardless, I I would love to see, like, you know, be able to play. Wouldn't it? Tell me if this would be so much fun to you. Like, you literally have a WNBA player going up against an NBA player. Imagine yeah. WNBA team beating an NBA team just via video game. I know everyone has their thoughts on where these leagues are and the stereotypes and stuff. But, like, if you broaden your horizons, this is a really dope move for young people to understand our league. And basketball is just basketball. We're both pros at what we do. And shout-out to 2K. Shout-out to Ronnie. Ronnie, I'm going to show you some love right here. Booski. Oh, I know and why you're doing that. I know why Ronnie, you're showing Ronnie what's good, love. Ronnie? I know why you're showing Ronnie love. What's because good? You haven't, you haven't seen your overall yet. What's good, Ronnie? You How you doing? You That's why we're hauling at Ronnie real quick. What what do you think? Come like, to LA, objectively, Ronnie. realistically, objectively, realistically, 
What do you think your overall should be in the game? Overall, I mean, this year has been like a tough year because I've been transitioning. But overall, I'd hope I'm in like the 80s. Like, you know. Well, you got to be in the 80s. I mean, I'll be in the 80s, but like maybe mid to high 80s. I'm a realistic person. So like, I don't really. I, first of all, this is horrible. And y'all don't judge me. I've never played 2K before. So Ronnie, you know. Give me some love on the score. Teach me how to play. You know, I'm just here shooting my shot. Ronnie, Ronnie was in there about to, he was upping up your number, upping up your number. Then you said you never played before, downing your number. No, but this is the number. point. Now you have a reason for me to play. You have a reason you for go. me to play. There I can play go. myself in 2K. I just hope my hair, my, my braids on point, you know, and the chocolate, the melanin is popping. <laughs> they have some really interesting features on the, that I have probably have to talk to him about that we need to change, but, um, I'm glad we're in it. It's awesome. Well, sh- Shout out to Ronnie and shout to NBA 2K for involving WNBA finally. Shout out. Moving on. The Aces, Liz Cambage, a friend of yours, she's been very open and honest about some of the struggles that she has had with mental health throughout not just her professional career but her whole entire life. You know her. What do you think about how much she has shared with the world about her struggles? It's so important. It's so vital. Uh, Liz is a close friend of mine, and um, I know exactly what she was talking about because I was there for most of it. So the point she makes in the Players' Tribune piece is that, you know, when you go to the doctor's office to address a calf strain or a back issue or some kind of muscle issue, you have a specific doctor for your knee, your ankle, whatever it is. You have a specific doctor for that muscle or bone. But why is there a stigma when we need help with our brain? And I thought that point, like, you need a physio for your brain as well because there's such a mental component to competing at the highest level. And I that really resonated with me in that piece. But to what she's speaking about, I was literally with Liz. Um, most of the time and she's a close friend of mine I've known her really well for about two years now and it really just started pretty much at WNBA All-Star and there was a tremendous moment like there was a lot of pressure largely because this is the first time Vegas had All-Star she was an All-Star I was there on behalf of ESPN and AT&T which was fantastic but there was a huge moment for her where if you don't know Liz she's also a top-notch DJ and there was a moment where she was supposed to DJ with Iggy Azalea and also Snoop and that didn't happen and someone professionally just dropped the ball on the organizational side where she was sort of left hanging and it was just a tough moment to be in when thousands of fans are looking forward to seeing you do what you do off the court and that's such an artistic type of thing where she holds herself to that standard so I was there with her through that 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 um you know disappointment and then afterwards she had about two of like the roughest games of her career she had two games the second one being in Los Angeles um when we when she played us the Sparks and I knew personally that something was really going on because we share the same agent we're all friends shout out to Allison Gaylor and um after the game we were leave I was looking for my my group of people my people um my agent and her assistant and I just saw them taking off in the hallways behind Staples like sprinting out because she was having an emotional you know episode and I knew something was really off because there was so much pressure, whether it was transitioning herself to a new team where she made a decision for herself, um, All-Star where there was a public scenario that didn't go her way and it was just really, really sad. And then she had two of the toughest games of her career back-to-back, that last one being on ESPN, you know, in L.A. So I'm just really grateful that we have people in our circles that uplift athletes through these moments because the game following was supposed to be Dallas, where she left that team and there would have been more emotional pressure there. Um, but 
Allison realized that she, her client needed a reset. She needed to recharge. And she took that time away for her mental health. And that just reminded me, like, as much as we are athletes, we are also human beings and we go through so much. And just because, you know, you see the 6'8 super glam superstar on the WNBA hard, hardwood, um, it doesn't mean that she is not immune to the issues that we all face and, and having to suffer through depression her whole, you know, life being being other, you know, meaning she's taller than average and, you know, had to find her strengths in life. So I'm really proud of Liz. I think this conversation is absolutely necessary and vital. This comes at a time where the NBA has actually said that we're going to have mental health experts available for everyone in the NBA. I hope and assume that applies to the WNBA as well. And, you know, it's interesting as well, because um, I know last time I came on the program, I had some people a little critical of my take on Jeremy Lin. But I, I think that, you know, Seeing athletes, whether it's men or women, being vulnerable is a beautiful thing. And the league, you know, at the core of ourselves, we are hoopers and we play in high-pressure environments. I fully believe Jeremy Lin should be in this league, but I understand that not all opportunities are equal. And women understand this playing in the WNBA, but, like, it's another realization when you've had, you know, so much success, especially in the NBA. Like, we all have our struggles, whether it's Liz, Jeremy, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, you name it. Like, we all go through this. So I'm glad Liz told her truth about why she had her DMPs. Um, because it, it just makes it all relatable and we're all here for her. It was just, it was just, um, profound to see her emerge and then she comes back and has a 28 point game yep. and she tells the world her truth. So I'm really proud of Liz. I'm proud of Jeremy for, you know, being vulnerable and, and expressing himself. I'm proud of Damar and Kevin Love for really paving the way. I'm proud of my sister who's involved with headspace and meditation. Like these stereotypes need to be broken down in society. Liz just did it for the W and for women. Um, it'll continue to happen. And I'm just blessed and fortunate to be a part of this league, especially where athletes are being their true and authentic selves. And my girl Liz knows I always have her back. And I was, you know, sort of sending her good vibrations the whole time. And I'm proud of her. But on a side note, you know, on a side note, um, throughout all this time that was happening, uh, you know, I'm just really, I'm really glad to be a, a member of this league and, and just, uh, I'm happy for the direction that society is going where athletes have their voice and they can create, you know, create change. So. Absolutely. And, and not just the people that you named, but obviously the people that you named are on the forefront of this, but it seems like as a society, we're starting to, to lift off the stigmatism about mental health and we're starting to understand the importance of it. And we're starting to really dedicate our time to it in the same way that you would heal a physical injury. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Liz, for sharing that with us and those other athletes that you named. Now, this next story, Chanae, and our audience, I want you to not only take with a grain of salt, but take it with a whole salt shaker. Oh. The New York Post is quoting a source saying that Rich Paul said that if things go poorly with the Lakers, he likes the idea of Anthony Davis playing in New York. Now, I don't ever see this happening, but is this just another case of Clutch Sports and Rich Paul leveraging free agency as he did with LeBron in Cleveland to get a franchise to do what he wants. The 90s girl in me is still shaking it like a salt shaker, shake it like a salt shaker, shake it like a salt. <laughs> um, I really think that this is just distraction. He is going to leverage whatever power he can use to make sure his client, AD, which is one of his top clients, is in a good position for the future. I think right now, the Lakers, LeBron, AD, and the team that they have assembled are focused on a championship. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about this. This is much ado yeah. about nothing. I think that Anthony Davis will be wearing the purple and gold for a long, very long time. That's all I have to say about this story. Preach. Reg, 
It's time for too hot for too 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 hot too 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 hot too 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 hot for TV. So on the podcast exclusive section of the show, we can talk about some topics that maybe don't belong on a national, you know, afternoon network program. And the latest is this one: uh, Georgia Southern quarterback Shy Wirtz was driving around, sort of like his hometown. I want to say his home area of North uh, South Carolina, and uh, he was pulled over by the police. Okay. Um, Shy looks a little bit more like you than me. Let's just say that. He gets pulled over by the police, and they put him in handcuffs, and they put him in the back of the car. They search through everything in the car. Don't find anything. But there's a white substance on the front of his car, on the windshield and his hood, and they test that. What? And they arrest him for possession of cocaine because the white substance on the front of the car turned the state-issued field test pink or blue. Turned it pink. So the officer is like, you've got cocaine on your car. And he's like, no. It's bird poop. And the guy's like, that's a lot of bird poop. He's like, no, no, no. That's bird poop. I tried to wash it off yesterday. I swear to God, it's bird poop. And the officer's like, no, no. You're going to be arrested for possession of cocaine. Turns out they did test the substance again. Not cocaine. So the charges have been dropped. And they were like, you were being pulled over, but you tried to run from us. And he was like, no, officer. I just wanted to get to a lit area that was uh, a little bit more prominent and perhaps a little bit more public, less private for this, you know, police-civilian interaction, as you've seen what's going on in the world lately. So, Shanae, my first question for you is, do you think the bird that pooped in his car was doing cocaine? Yep. Yep. First of all, I don't want to read into the situation more than I know because I'd like to know mm-hmm. a little bit more. But, like, mm-hmm. that's the issue with racial profiling. You pull someone out that looks a little bit more like me, you know, chocolate disposition, mm-hmm. and then you make assumptions. And he, I just think, you know, you read these bizarre stories and you can sort of chuckle at this, the actual specifics. But the man was telling the truth. Yep. And at the end of the day, like, these situations can go two completely different ways. So I am just fortunate to hear that they heard him out, he was right, and that there were no complications. But man, I mean, just getting to it, like, bird poop, cocaine, that's a little crazy. It is you know? crazy. And he also, he has to deal with the news cycle of, like, you know, Shy Wirtz has been arrested for possession of cocaine. And when I read, when you read that headline... You assume that it's true. Yeah, you know what you I do. mean. But like, and then, and then if he would come out and be like, "Oh no, it was bird poop," I would assume he was lying. No, but I actually like, think you know you never lie until you hear it. He he, that is a great line. Like you wouldn't say something like that unless it's really true, right? Yes. So if he said, "I believe this is actually bird poop," it probably is bird poop. But the reason why you didn't believe it is probably because of the color of his skin, and that's that's unfortunate. But at least. The truth shall set you free, and it did set him free. But like you said, headlines follow you, and some people mm-hmm. probably won't read into the story and find out what actually happened. They just probably associate that with his reputation, which is not cool. But well, I, I, I was a little—I had a little pause just because he was like trying to go to an area that was more lit, or you know where more pe- people are. That 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 could have been a bad scenario. So I'm just yeah. glad all aspects of this was resolved. Well, it was- 
in a better, was it better the, fashion. The police didn't exactly come off looking great in this. There was a one point no. in this conversation. There's like a four, four, and there's also a six minute video out there on the internet. I saw the four minute video. At one point, the police line of questioning was like, well, hey, is there anyone in your neighborhood that could have done this? You like, know what I mean? What? Kind of like, yeah, he was just kind of like, he's like, well, if there's cocaine on your car and it's not yours, perhaps there's someone that you live around that could have done this, which is kind of like, um, officer, um, you're making certain assumptions about where this man lives that might not necessarily be warranted. Precisely. But, you know, you could be driving a nice car, have some white substance and look sort of like me. And then these situations happen. So it's not cool at all. And I mean, like I could I just put my car in the car wash this past week, like a couple days ago, you know, so like these things are real. But I'm just glad that, again, there was no escalation and the truth came out. Yeah, it did. Well, it's unfortunate for shy words. When you watch the video, you're like, this man definitely was not having a cocaine party on the roof of his car or the hood of his car and then decided to drive home. That's how yeah, it happened. Like that's what? What's much more likely to happen is the bird pooped on his car. And at one point, the officer's like, that's a lot of bird poop. And Shad's like, I know. I tried to wash it off. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still there. There's something called like, like a, yeah, a flock yeah. of birds. Maybe yeah. they all like, came oh, over. These, these birds were pooping. Yo, birds have pooped all over my stoop recently, Janae. I had to handle it. It got to the point where I was like, I'm going to wait till it rains. Maybe it'll wash it off naturally. I had, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is, the birds are just using my, my stoop. Have you ever had house. bird poop on you? They say it's good yeah. luck. Oh, multiple times. I mean, you live in New York, so like that's yeah. that's got to be oh, a daily yeah. thing. Oh, that's happened all the time. I, so I, I, I poop on my shoulders, poop on my head. So I remember I was in elementary school, and I just was traumatized because I was sitting down outside. I felt like something damp, and I was like, oh, is it raining? Is it water? And I wiped my oh, forehead, no. and it was white, and I was just like, uh, 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 no, not today. The worst. Oh, yeah, I'm 100%, 100% on, on, it's always because in New York you get rained on by like air conditioning drops. You oh know, my this, goodness. This you, thing. No, you pray it's the air conditioning. Yeah, That's what exactly. you pray but it's the air It'll be clear skies, but it's still not uncommon to have drops of liquid <laughs> or fluid like land on you. So that happens all the time and I'm assuming that it's like, oh, just a little air conditioning, no big deal. I'll just brush it off my shoulder. Next thing you know, there's bird poop all over my so, hand. So, they, so this is... They this say is, it's good luck, but it's not. It's bad luck. It's bad luck. If a bird poops on you, that's bad luck. Do you live in the city? Yes, ma'am. So, like, I'm struggling living in downtown L.A. area because I've never lived in a downtown area. And I'm cool with, like, the vibe of walking around and, like, getting things easy. I don't have to drive like, yep, to go yep. Whole Foods, restaurants, all that stuff. But, man, at night, bro, it's a struggle. It's a struggle because, like, you hear all the forms of life. Horns honking. I mean, we have a lot of homeless people, unfortunately, downtown L.A. that are screaming. So I'll be hearing about, oh, Tiffany, Tiffany, come back, (laughs) Tiffany. Or, like, you know, people turning up at the club. I'm, like, literally getting days of our lives. I'm I'm struggling, bro. How have you made it so long? Well, tune it out. And I also go to sleep at, like, 10. You know what I mean? So, like, the real craziness happens after midnight. But downtown L.A. is – I spent a lot of time there because, obviously, we shot the show there for years and years. You know, Grant Land was down yep. there. Um, there's – downtown L.A. is unlike any other downtown or, or unlike any other downtown I've seen because of the, the skid row factor. Yeah. Like, people that have never been to downtown L.A., you can walk two blocks away from, like, bougie – a month apartment. You walk two blocks away and it is tent city. It's an open air drug market. It's terrifying. (laughs) Like I ride my bike through there. I ride fast. I keep my head down. Like downtown LA has a serious, serious homeless problem. 
and then it's 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 just two blocks in the wrong direction, and next thing you know, you are in an environment that you are not comfortable with. Yeah, let me tell you, it's it's just tough because you see that situation in life downtown, and you're like, I'm trying to help as much as I can, whether I have extra cash and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it is unavoidable. I mean, like, sometimes it's it's sad because some people just want a human connection, but, like, you make that eye contact, next thing you know, you might be in that action. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had situations yeah. where I'm like, oh, snap. Like, do, should I run? Like, <laughs> yeah. should I spread? <laughs> One of my friends was staying down there. He said that he walked out of his hotel room and someone was just sharpening a knife on the concrete and just staring at him. <laughs> okay, so like a huge kitchen knife. It's like, uh, uh-oh. I've seen some crazy things. I there's a there's a woman in our apartment building that has a pet iguana, but like the dinosaur size iguana. Oh yeah. And she has a leash that attaches to from her neck to the iguana's neck. That's one. Um, I've seen some it's hands being, free, hands yeah. free. You know what I mean? She got a text. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> and she's just outside, like still posing with the massive iguana. The iguana's like three feet, three feet long. Um, I've seen some, you know, unfortunate homeless people that have, you know, probably been have altered states and like no clothes on, just trying to mm-hmm. trying to hop on your car, walking in the middle. Of, like it is it is a it is a um, a new experience for me. I'm not used to that coming from the burbs of H-Town. You know, I'm not really used for that. And also from Connecticut. Well, you know, you can't I know you can live other places. You know, what I mean, you just want to be close to the Staples Center. You want to be close to the LAPC. Like I get it. You're doing 100%. this for convenience. I got to stay in this it's radius. It's a choice that you made and then you you're right. with it, but it's also nice to have an urban. It's also nice to have it. I like city streets. I feel comfortable when there's people around. I feel uncomfortable when there's when I'm surrounded by woods like in the house I grew up in. Like I just like the I like to the, the, to be I like to be able to scream and call nine one one as loud as I want and someone's gonna call nine one one. Yeah, that's fair. You know what? You know what I mean? I like that. It makes me feel comfortable. But you know what's funny? It's like I I've never had my driving tested until I came to the city of L A. Where like people drive like crazy, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will be honking at you, and I love it when things escalate because they'll want to honk and like we'll park, and they'll think like oh yeah I'm gonna try to step up you know step up to her and then I'll step up. And step out, and I'm like six two, <laughs> six three, yeah, and they're yeah, like, "Oh yeah. shoot, I don't want these problems." Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm figuring out how to use my strengths. Good, good. And also, road rage is one of the weirdest things. Like, it's just so <laughs> odd. I don't know why people get so mad. I will never, ever, ever have a physical altercation over something that happened on the road. If like, I'll never. If you you can pull over, I'm not pulling. Over. Will you practice no, your basketball skills? You did you ever practice your basketball skills in the middle of the 101, like old dude oh. did on social media? So Jay, you know that. This podcast was my first, and I believe you guys mm-hmm. have a real strong J and J hive out there. So I'm going to put it test out the there. Strength. You want to test the strength of the hive? <laughs> so for the guy that was hooping on the 101 out here in LA, I want to show you love. I've got free tickets to an LA Sparks game. So J and J hive, do your thing. Find Let's out find who this man. man is. Find this man, and I will hook you up with the Sparks game tickets next time we're back in town. Los Angeles, let's find this man with the gold vehicle and the basketball and the handle. Find him, and he'll be at the Sparks game watching Chanae, her sister, Candice, and the rest win. Find him, J&J Hive. Do it. And we putting it on wax. I want to thank Chanae for once again sitting in for Jalen Rose. Chanae, my mom's favorite Jalen and Jacoby co-host. And that includes Jalen Rose. Big shout to Victoria. I know she'll be happy with this episode. Shout out. what's next for the Sparks? What's next? More dubs. More dubs. Make sure you tune in to the Sparks. If you're in L.A., support Chanae and the Gwumake sisters and the squad. Oh, by the way, you're now my third favorite, Jacoby, because your mom's number one, Quincy, is number two. And then you're number <laughs> That's three. That's fair. 
That's fair. If you met the rest of my family, I would fall even further in the power rankings, especially Very once you meet my wife, too. Yeah, I mean, oh, she she's going to go one quick number one soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Jalen Rose will be in. Why is that, Carol? Done. We're not done. We're not done. They're my little guys. I love them. What it do, baby? Yeah.